0: Daniel chapter 6, um, if you're following along, or it should be on the screen too, uh, Daniel chapter 6 verse 3 goes like this. It says, Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and, and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way that Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So the administrators and high officers went to the king and said, Long live King Darius! We are all in agreement. We, administrators, officials, high officers, advisors, and governors, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Isn't it interesting how liars invite lions? Um, Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone, divine or human, except to you, your majesty will be thrown into the den of lions. Everybody say, den of lions. And now, your majesty, issue... And signed this law so it cannot be changed. An official law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. So King Darius signed the law. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed. Everybody say, but when Daniel learned. When Daniel learned that the law had been signed. He went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. With its windows open towards Jerusalem. That's the holy city. He prayed three times a day. Everybody say three times. Say it again. Say three times. a little bit louder this time. Three times. Three times, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house and they found him praying and asking for God's help. Let me give you a real quick backstory on Daniel. I could talk about Daniel and just kind of what's happened from one through six for the whole night. Um, But Daniel was actually taken captive from his land of Judah. Two kings now have died, Nebuchadnezzar, Balthazar, and now this man, Darius, is in control. And the whole time... The whole time, Daniel has been elevated throughout his life. He has been blessed. He has shown uh, incredible favor from everyone around him because of this faithfulness, this attitude that he has of him. In fact, it says in Daniel earlier that Daniel had a spirit of excellence in him. How many of you know that excellence honors God? And that when we carry a spirit of excellence in us, God naturally will elevate us. You see, the Bible says that your giftings will usher you before the presence of kings. That your gifting will make anointing for you. You see, your gifting can make anointing for you, but it is your character that will earn you the entire house. Okay? And so this is something where Daniel is at. Now, in fact, I can easily explain it like this. Your life is something similar to a garden. Do I have any gardeners in the house? Anybody that likes to garden? Okay, I have what's called a black thumb, okay? I can't garden at all, okay? I could kill kill fake plants, okay, in my house, okay? But listen, what I understand about gardening is this. When someone builds a small garden, there's even like ways on Pinterest, not that I look at Pinterest or anything, that you can build them on a, like out of a wood pallet or something, or you could build like, put like oregano and things like that in your window seal. Um, But when you build a garden and you start to uh, plant good things and get good fruit from it, what do you normally do? You normally build the garden maybe a little bit bigger and then a little bit bigger. Why? Because good fruit, when it's produced, it needs more room to grow. That's a lot like Daniel's life, and that's a lot like our lives. When we start producing good fruit, God will in naturally enlarge our territory. God will naturally put us in new positions of authority, new places of responsibility. Because, why? Because our life is producing good fruit, and the farmer wants good fruit. Okay? This is kind of where Daniel has found himself. He's been producing good fruit, good fruit. And so that's where he's at right now. But how many of you know that even when you're doing everything right, you can still find yourself among lions? There will always be those who want to find you and accuse you. They want to uh, make, see you fail. They want to see you uh, uh, dwindle down to nothing um, just because they're jealous or because they're envious or because they got their own issues. But those are their own issues and they're not your issues and so they shouldn't be our issues, okay? But however, sometimes we do find ourselves among lions, Now, what do you do when you find yourself like Daniel among lions? I'm gonna give you three points tonight, but the main point of the whole sermon is this. You must become a lion tamer, okay? You must become and learn how to train yourself to fight against lions, okay? When the lions are coming at you, it is our time to learn how to I should be able to pop it at least once. I should have practiced. (laughs) Let's learn how to tame some lions. How do you tame some lions? Like this. I'm going to give you three points tonight. The first thing is this. You must learn to tame the divine. You see, before Daniel ever tamed a lion, he learned to tame the divine strength Through his prayer life. You see, Daniel's secret to his strength was his prayer life. It was the secret to his power. You see, in verse 10, you could preach all night about this. In verse 10, it says, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and he knelt down as usual. You see, when you do as you usually do, even in times of trouble, God will do as he always has Okay, when we do what we've always been doing, God will prove faithful even in the worst of times. Okay, it's the truth. It's the truth. You see, before Daniel had ever, ever, ever gotten himself into this position, Daniel was doing what he usually does. You know what's so interesting about this? He just learned basically he's going to be sentenced to death. This law has been signed It's very possible I could be dead within the next 24 hours. It doesn't say then that Daniel then uh, ran to the liquor store. That Daniel then called his mother-in-law. That Daniel, I don't know who would do that, but Daniel (laughs) then just, Daniel, Daniel. Spread it in some way. Daniel had a nervous... Then Daniel had a nervous breakdown and found himself... No, no, no. The story doesn't go that way. The story says that as he learned it was signed, as he learned it was signed, it says that he went home and he got down on his knees where he knew his true strength was. He knew where his true power was found because he knew that when the lions were approaching, though they may have been uh, in control for a moment, they were the, not the most powerful thing in his life. He knew that when... His circumstances began to crumble around him, not to fret, not to worry, not to panic, but to do as he usually did, which is where he found his true strength, and that was through prayer. You see, Daniel's prayer life, watch this. It says, it says, he prayed three times a day, as he had always done, giving thanks to God. He knelt down. As usual, you see, by going to his house, okay, now think about this. Daniel, as if you read on, Daniel is about the third highest appointed official in the land, okay? That means he's very busy, okay? These guys basically ruled the world at the time, okay? So Daniel is, is this extremely busy person, yet Daniel finds the time to leave this office, this this judgment seat, if you will, where he usually sat and he answered questions and he solved matters, you know, people come to him and every matter you can think of this guy stole my goat, Um, this guy says that this this piece of wood is his, this guy borrowed my axe Uh, you know, all of these types of different issues that he was in charge of solving, big issues little issues, all this type of stuff and yet he found the time to not just pray but to go home and pray. You see, by going home, Daniel actually made his prayer life a part of his business. It was as real to him as any appointment, as any meeting, as any type of uh, session that he had to do. It was a part of his day to leave and to go pray. You see, when we make time for the Lord, he will make time for us and our greatest need when we go to the place where we find our strength, most often, that is when God will call back and will come to us when we call unto him. It's the truth. It's the truth. Daniel made praying a part of his business. Oftentimes, I even say this to myself, I'm just too busy to pray. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do. I read this. Martin Luther said, I have so much to do. Martin Luther is a, an old, uh, like kind of founding father of the faith. Uh, he said, he wrote the 91st thesis, the 99th thesis. He said, uh, uh, I have so much to do today. I have so much to do today. I don't know how I could get through it with that, without at least three hours of prayer. That's three hours of prayer. I, that's amazing. But you see, Daniel had made a business an appointment with God an appointment with God it was where he found his true strength now let me just keep reading on you see when we give thanks to God despite our circumstances we tame the line of negativity you see, there's something about when we give thanks to the Lord. When we give thanks to the Lord, despite all circumstances, what we do is we begin to crush negative thoughts. We begin to, to, begin to break down negativity. My wife and I, um, we don't, I, I would like to say that we pray together every night, but we, we try to pray together. It's, it's a good practice. And uh, sometimes when we pray, you know, sometimes it's like, well, what do we pray about? We just prayed last night. Um, you notice something that even in, your, even in your darkest, deepest, hardest seasons and struggles, if you don't know what to pray for, when you begin to give thanks, all of your big problems seem really small. When you just begin to give thanks, well, thank you for what? We live in an air-conditioned home. Thank you that we're not sick and in the hospital Thank you that my kids are not sick. I don't know if you've ever dealt with sick kids before or or lost children in the past. I mean, there's no no feeling in the world like seeing your children sick. Thank you that I have a car, that I have a job. Thank you that that there's so many things around. But when you begin to start putting the world into that perspective, you begin to slay the line of negativity. You see, When we call unto God, we begin to harness that strength that comes through prayer. See, because God is for us. He's not against us. The Bible says he won't forsake us. He'll never leave us. He wants to see us shine. He wants to see us succeed. See, God is greater than any lion. He is the lion, okay? And this is the one that we serve, And you can't necessarily tame this, but what you can do is you can learn to control and harness this power that comes through prayer. And it comes through doing something and making it a business, a part of your day. Daniel's secret to taming those lions around him was taming the divine power and strength that comes through prayer. The second point is taming is not for the timid. Taming is not for the timid. 2 Timothy 2 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, of love, and self discipline. You see, it may have seemed like probably uh, the. <laughs> The most dangerous option for Daniel to continue praying after he learned that this edict had been signed. Isn't it interesting that they say for the next 30 days, if anybody calls on anyone other than you, king, then what will happen? It's, 30 days really isn't that bad. I mean, I'll tell you, be honest with you. I've probably in my lifetime at least gone more than 30 days without praying and reading my Bible. <gasps> okay? But I'm just saying right? It's kind of an easy choice to think, well, you know, I mean, just 30 days. I mean, you know, either that or the lion's den. I mean, it may have seemed like, like the most dangerous option to go home and pray as usual, okay? But to Daniel, it was actually the safest option. It was the safest option for him to go home and to pray as usual. And it wasn't seen as something defiant that he had done. Not at all. I don't think of it that way at all. I think it just says it it, very clearly in the Bible that he just did as usual. He was just doing as he usually did. Three times a day, he was going home. It was a part of his business. In fact, Daniel was such a seasoned person, such a seasoned person, a seasoned man in the spirit and in the things of the Lord, that he probably, when he heard of this, kind of chuckled to himself, knowing, well, you know what? God has come through me before. God will come through for me again. Okay, how many of you want faith like that? I know I do. In verse 11, in verse 11, it says, he was found in prayer by the officials. How many of you know that you train others how to treat you? You train others how to treat you. You see, these people knew where Daniel would be. It says that all the officials and the administrators, they came together, together in agreement, and they went and they knocked on the door because why? Because they knew where Daniel would be. Let me ask you a question. How do you think Judas, and, all, and when he brought the, uh, the Roman soldiers to go and arrest Jesus, how do you think that Judas knew where Jesus was going to be? Because that was in his nature, That was his character. The people that knew him the most knew where he would be. They knew he was a man of prayer. They knew he was a man of the word. They knew where he would be. In fact, when we are around people, we train them how to treat us. They would, people could say to us, no, 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 wait a minute, of that guy? No, 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 no. That, that person, he would never say something like that. Why? Because that's not in his character. I know that around this time of day, he's usually reading his Bible. No, if, if you call him right now and his phone does that, yeah, 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 it means that he's praying. You see, there's, this, we train other people how to treat us. We train other people how to speak to us. Have you ever been around some people sometimes and they, and they just won't curse around you? Have you ever been around some people sometimes and they just won't talk about certain things when they're around you? You've trained them how, how to do that. You've trained them with your likeness, with your godliness, with your spirit. You've trained them. And the same thing works in the opposite. <laughs> certain people may only talk to you about certain things. That's a possibility as well. You see, but you, you, can't, uh, you can't complain about what you tolerate We prove our character not by what we say, but by what we do. I heard this quote one time. Someone said, I can't hear what you're saying at all. What your lips are saying because your actions, they're just, they're speaking so loud. You know. We train other people how to treat us. And it's our character, it's our character, and says, who we really are, not just in what we say. You see, Daniel's faith, Daniel's faith may have got him into the den, but it was his faithfulness that got him out of the den. Daniel trained and tamed those lions around him. Bless you. He trained and tamed those lions around him because they knew who he was. They knew how they could trap him. They said, if there's we're not going to find any fault in his character because he's faithful, he's responsible, he's completely trustworthy. We're not going to like catch him lying or giving bad advice or anything like that. That he had trained them in that. He trained the lions in that way, but in the other way, and the other way is, he trained them around him how to treat him. You see, that's not for the timid. That's not just for anyone. That's it's it's it, it's it's a scary thing to stand in the lion's den. I won't crack the whip again. It's. It's a, it's a scary thing to stand in the midst of lions, to stand among people. But you see, that's the charge, that is the edict that God has given us, to stand amongst lions. Remember, when we stand in the lion's den, they may be in control for a moment, but they're not the most powerful. We're the ones standing there, holding the, th- the tools that we need necessary to tame these things around us. The reason why is because God is on our side. I'm here to tell you tonight that God is on your side. God is on your side despite the season, despite whatever you might be going through, whatever is happening around you. When we find ourselves among lions, we have to know and to trust that faithfulness, God rewards our faithfulness. Can anybody say amen? Amen. Thank you. Can somebody play the keys for me real quick? I'm going to talk for a little bit. I want to read to you something in verse 19 through 22. Lion tamers, is, this is the third point. Lion tamers are unshakable. Lion tamers are unshakable. Watch this. It says very early the next morning, the king got up and he hurried out to the lion's den. Hold on a second. You're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to back up because I didn't read all of it there. Check this out. The gap in between where we left off and where I just picked up, the Bible says that King Darius was deeply troubled about having what he, what he had done. When, when the liars, the lions, came to the king and they said, what are you going to do about Daniel? Now you've got to throw him in the lion's den. It says that he became deeply disturbed, deeply disturbed by that because he loved Daniel. Daniel was a trusted advisor. Daniel was a high-ranking official, and says that he was up all night, it says that he he canceled, he canceled HBO that night. He, he, wasn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't having any fun at all, and it says that he was deeply, deeply worried because he had signed this, this, this law, this edict, and, and it was going to condemn his friend, condemn his trusted advisor. He didn't like that decision. So it was, he went through a kind of a horrible night, too. Daniel's in the lion's den all night long. Verse 19 says, Very early the next morning the king got up and he hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve, who you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions. Daniel answered, Long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me. For I have been found innocent in his sight, and I have not wronged you, your majesty. The first thing out of Daniel's mouth from the lion's den, first of all, he's alive. That's kind of amazing, is long live my captor. Long live my betrayer. Long live the man who said he was my friend, but put me here. What? You see, a lion tamer is unshakable. Church, never let loyalty leave your lips. Never demoralize yourself in a demoralizing situation. You're anointing the calling of God on your life. The price of that, the price of that, the true cost of that is too high. You see, what we don't realize is when we speak negatively of someone else, even in an awful situation, what we don't realize is we are actually dishonoring the one who paid the price for their mercy. You see, we may think when we speak of someone in a negative way or in this type of situation, I'm just speaking, I'm just saying, not just speaking of someone like we're all talking about people. What I'm saying is I'm talking about just speaking negatively about a situation in general. I don't belong here. Why is this happening? What's going on? Am I ever getting out of this? What did I do to deserve this? All of these different thoughts come flooding in. All of these different things. It literally is as if you're standing before lions and you're like, why am I here? What am I doing? But instead, our charge is to stand there unshakable, unshakable, and to never let loyalty leave our lips. Unbelievable to think, unbelievable to think that Daniel remained faithful. I believe, I believe that God uses a code of honor, not for the things that we say, but he counts all of the words that we don't say in times when other people really deserved it. I believe God uses this system, this code of honor, and he uses it. He stacks up all of these unsaid things, all of these prayers, all of this hurt, all of these tears, and he uses it as a currency to elevate us into the supernatural. I believe it's a real thing. See, Daniel found himself among lions, but he learned to tame how he became unshakable, how he remained unshakable. He had learned to tame the divine power around him by making prayer a part of his day, a part of his business. He was unshaken when he heard the news, unshaken when it came time for literally his death sentence unshaken. He said, God has proven faithful before. God will prove faithful now. But what we need is the strength. What we need is the courage. I've had this prayer. i prayed over my children. I've prayed it over my unborn children. I prayed this prayer. I said, God, give them the wisdom to know what the right thing is and give them the courage to do it. But at the end of the day, a real lion tamer, even found among lions, remains unshakable. Unshakable. Church, I want to challenge you, but I also want to just encourage you. Simply encourage you that there is divine strength found in your prayer life. That your prayers may feel as if they're reaching deaf ears or they're going nowhere sometimes. But don't you know that when God feels the furthest away, he's actually the closest? It might be scary sometimes when we find ourselves in an unpredictable situation. But we know that our heart is secure because no matter what, we know that God is on our side. He hasn't left us in the past and he won't leave us today. So to all the lion tamers I encourage you to remain unshakable Remain unshakable today Remain unshakable tomorrow One last thing Daniel's Private choices Created public fruit for him His whole life it's that system, it's that code of honor that God uses. Private choices create public fruit. Everybody stand for me. I want to be real sensitive right now, but I want to pray for everybody in the room, real quick. Just hear me out. Anytime you start talking about a difficult season or a, a, a trying situation or finding yourself among lions, I'm a young man. I haven't, I haven't, you know, been on this planet for very long. I know I look like I'm 12 and all that, but uh, so I speak to you humbly. When I say I don't know what your situation is, I don't want to play with your emotions and pretend that I know what your situation is. I, I do know, however, what it is like to stand amongst lions, real lions, real ones. And I know that when you kind of start skirting around the subject and start kind of talking about different things like that, that it can be um, kind of hard to receive sometimes. So let me say this to everyone in this room. No matter what your circumstance is, God is on your side. When you find yourself among lions, remember that he is the lion. He is the infinite one, the unshakable one the unchanging one. If he was with you in the past, he'll be with you tomorrow. He'll be with you today. He'll be with you in this season. And I want to encourage you, have strength. Have strength to make it through the night. Learn to tame the lions around you. Words don't have that much weight unless you give them that much weight. The people around you When they let us down and things happen in our lives, remember that God is on our side. Remember that God won't let us down. He wants us to shine. He expects us to shine. Let me pray for you real quick. Father God, thank you for tonight. Thank you for our congregation, for our family. Father God, whatever situation anybody's going through, Father God, whether it be financial, emotional, spiritual, physical in their health, Father God, or someone that they know. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, that you would rescue them in the night, that you would shut the mouths of the lions tonight, Father God, that you would never let praise leave their lips. Father God, that you would give them the courage, Lord, to stand amongst lions and to remember, Lord God, that you are the lion. You're the one standing next to them. Father God, I pray that you'd build us up. You'd make us courageous. You'd make us full of life. You'd make us full of joy. No matter what's going on around us, God, you're standing with us. You're always with us. You're always been by our side. You're not going to leave us. You're not going to forsake us. You're not going to throw dirt on our face. You're not going to remember our past. You're not going to throw things back into our face. You're not ashamed. You're not disappointed. Father God, that you love us. We've been called by you. We're equally loved by you. We're your children children. We're princes and princesses and kings and queens. We're heirs, Father God. You call us your own. We love you tonight. We need you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for your strength, for your power amongst lions. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.